Yo, yo, this is Jason Goff from the Full Go Podcast. Me and the crew, we like to entertain you. And we're going to do more of that this football season because the Bears should be more intriguing. There should be more fascination. Justin Fields, is this the make or break year? Is DJ Moore the piece that's going to put them over the top? You can catch us on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays or when we have an emergency podcast when we have breaking news. Make sure you follow the Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Off Guard. I'm your host, Pasha. Joining me, as always, is Austin. Austin, what's up, man? What's up, my guy? Uh, so earlier, we recorded a pod, and it was before the big Dame trade. Uh, so we wanted to kind of just come back yeah. and touch up on the big news that's breaking the internet right now. Uh, Austin, first reactions? Uh, surprising. I don't think any of us saw this coming. Everybody thought it was going to be a heat, and everybody's kind of annoyed that it hadn't happened yet. Seemed like we we're all just kind of waiting for this deal to eventually get done. And then recently, in past weeks, we've seen Toronto kind of creep in the mix. So then everybody was wondering how that makes sense for Dame. It's kind of the same situation he was in in Portland, a team that's still kind of rebuilding. Well, I don't know what Toronto's doing if they're rebuilding or not. No, no, no one really knows. But that that that's you know, uh, Dame going there just didn't make as much sense as I think. Uh, Miami did, and then today this 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 trade just comes out of nowhere. Milwaukee creeps in, yeah, and I'm I'm here for it, right? And so I wanted to break this down. Let's start with Milwaukee's side of it. Are they your favorites to win the championship? Yeah, I mean, I, they have to be in the mix now. Oh yeah, I think they were in the mix. Well, no, no, no. The I know, I know they were in the mix last year, but it's still essentially the same team. Uh, they did lose to Miami first round last year. I know Giannis was hurt for a little bit of that, but still, they're you know they were definitely in the mix. You're correct. Uh, with Dame there, it makes them like now one of the favorites. You know, now you have Denver, you have Milwaukee, and I think if you're going to put a third team as a favorite, Celtics or Celtics, Lakers, Suns. Yeah, I'd probably say Celtics, Lakers, Suns. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that group of teams that one of those teams will win next year. Okay, so, uh, that's oh, I, I'll guarantee it right now that. I will guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee that. Well, I don't even know why I need to say this. this it's not even. A, I'm not going out on a limb. Me saying the, the 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 Bucks, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Nuggets, or the Suns are going to win a championship is is the most no doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, like the teams on the outside of that looking in are the Warriors, Sixers, Heat. So now, no, Heat. I, I'm not going to say anything about the your, Heat. Your your beloved Timberwolves. They're not beating those teams in the finals or going to the finals, man. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. I, I love the Timberwolves, man. I think they're going to have a big-time year. I'll, I'll right. have them winning the championship. Where does this big three with Dame, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, where does that stack up? Compare that to, for example, Booker, Beal, and Durant. Uh, well, first off, I like this for the Suns, just in the aspect that they needed a big still because Aiden apparently... I'll explain this. Because I don't want to speak like I know him or I'm there. I don't like speaking like I'm, you know, I'm in the, involved in the organization. From the far, what I've seen so far is Aiden has kind of had a problem with, I don't want to say his role, but you've seen he's kind of just wants more for himself. He wants a little bit more, uh, maybe it's attention. He wants the ball a little bit more in the block. He showed he's very skilled through his, for, uh, through his years in the NBA so far. Uh, he's a really good big. I think everyone likes Aiden. I think that's why Aiden got so much shit this past summer was because people were disappointed that he didn't play as well in that Nuggets series. When in previous years, two years prior, when I played for the Nuggets, when we played Phoenix, Aiden was unbelievable. Yeah. That was the year Phoenix made that run to the finals versus Milwaukee. Um, and Aiden had a really good postseason and uh, was an up-and-coming player. He got paid $130 million. 
that was even kind of drama you know that had a little drama to it they didn't offer it to him right away and he felt a way about it it started back then and it's kind of just snowballed a little bit and it's i think we all kind of saw it last year in the playoffs and throughout moments of you know monaghan fired and all these things like Aiden's name was constantly in that mix of um you know things that weren't really going right in phoenix in terms of just fit oh and right when you heard that beal sign with the Suns, everyone was talking about what they can get for Aiden. Just to get more depth. Exactly. And I'm sure Aiden feels, sees this and, and has a way about it. So they, they had to get rid of him. Right. He wanted to go. Um, and I think they wanted him to go just for personality wise. You bring in a guy who's also another high volume scorer, a really, really good scorer in Brad Beal. Now there's less to eat at the table. So Aiden was going to be, if he wasn't frustrated already before, if the rumor, they definitely about to be. Um, it makes sense just from a team aspect. You get a guy like Nurkic who's going to rebound. He's going to pick. He's going to roll. He'll be happy with whatever he gets or doesn't get. He's going to do his job. He just did it with Dame and CJ and them for years. He definitely can do it with Kevin, Devin, and Brad. So They get Nurkic. They get Grayson and Allen. Then you a, little. And you add a little depth to their bench. That was a big question for Phoenix. Who's their bench? Who are these guys? You got Okie. You got a couple other guys who are like pretty solid players. But other than that, outside of that, Damian Lee, some other guys, they didn't have like the most you know, deep bench. Now you add... You know, another guy, Grayson Allen, who's been already been a proven starter in the NBA. Now you got him coming off the bench. Uh, and then you got like talented guys like Nazir Little. So you got him, you got Damian Lee, you got Okogi. You know, you got a couple guys in there now that can. Uh, Eric Gordon? Uh, oh, yeah. Eric Gordon. They got some firepower off that yeah, bench. No, now. So now, now they got So firepower. the Suns now have one of the best starting lineups and one of the, they, they one have of the better a, they benches. Have, they have a nice bench. I think their bench, if you ask, you know, if their bench with Eric Gordon and. Grayson Allen, in terms of guards, is about as solid as it's going to get. Yeah, they need like maybe they do need a backup. That's it's really weird. They got rid of campaign. Um, he's just a good backup. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's solid. Uh, in my opinion, at least every time he's he's played pretty solid years. Uh, people forget their closeout game last year where they got smacked by Denver. Fucking uh, Cameron Payne had like thirty in that game. I, you remember he's hit all those threes, right? Uh, I know it's whatever, but yeah, I don't think campaign's a bad player. Who beat the Suns last year in the playoffs? The Nuggets. Now you get Nurkic. Is this kind of like Jokic? Did they get is this is this better for that matchup against Jokic? No, I don't. I, I've I've personally seen that one firsthand. So Jokic just take, just, just dominates Nurkic. You former need, teammates. You need to go. He takes it personal because really? Nurkic, I know that at a point Nurkic. You there was a thing in Denver. Everybody knows for this. sure. Yeah. Nurkic thought he was a better player than Jokic and was mad that like no, you know Denver essentially kind of wanted. Jokic just start and play a little bit more. And remember, Nur- Dan Fagan was Nurkic's agent, got him out of there for Mason Plumley. Yes, oh. and because uh, Nurkic wasn't having it, he went to Portland. Well, every time we played them in the playoffs or any time, and I think Nurkic can play. He's actually a good player. Yeah, but like comparing him to the to the best player in the NBA is just it's it's. it's not, I just wanted to know who you think. No, could it's just not fair. It's Jokic not better because they're going to run into each other. They are. I, I'm telling you, it's still not fair. Yeah, and again, Nurkic is a really good big who handles himself versus everybody. A verse, a Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, it's not going to be a one man. I mean, they, he just can't guard him, and and nobody can. So it's not even a slight to Nurkic. Nobody can guard those guys. Um, I don't even think he knew how good Jokic was going to be. Right. You know, what I mean, in that time where he felt like he was better than Jokic, I'm sure he did. By that time, I'm sure his play reps and like in the game, he probably did have a lot more games where he played better than Jokic. Once Jokic got that team and got that green light, no one saw this coming of him being this great player. There's a reason why he went. Drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. No, no, no one saw this. That's what the greats, you know, that's that's what makes him so likable. You know, so I I I do think still they have a solid big. They improved their depth of their bench. 
it's a win for them for Phoenix. I like win. I like it. I like the trade for Phoenix. Let's talk about Portland side of things. We were just talking about how you do like Aiden's game. He has a lot of potential. He's showed up big in the playoffs. Now they have a big to kind of build around with all those young guards that they have too. So how do you feel about Portland's now their young nucleus? Um, Scoot Henderson, I Anthony love, Simons, I like, I like Sharp. I like Scoot at the point. You got rid of Dame and you still have this point guard that's like this up and coming, really talented point guard. Um, you have a talented scorer in Anthony Simons. You have this extreme talent in Shaden Sharp that people are very high on and excited about. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Aiden now a center that you can kind of anchor. Balances with, out a lot better. You can anchor him with the guards. Now you've got not just two like up and coming guards or three guards. Now you got a plethora of shooting guards and a point guard. Now you got a young center. And then let's not forget they still have Drew Holiday, who they're going to move for someone probably valuable or really good picks, one of the, something like that. Where do you want to see Drew Holiday go? I mean, everyone wants to see Drew in Miami. The problem is we're now back at scenario number one. Miami would now be like, all right, we didn't get Dane. We'll take Drew. He actually fits in here better. He's a defender. Can you imagine yeah. him, Bam, and Jimmy defensively in the front lineup? That would be great. I was looking at all the teams and where Drew could fit. It's crazy how many teams. He's such a good player. A His skill set, he could fit anywhere. Off the ball, with the ball. Anywhere. But uh, yeah, Miami obviously needs to make a move. You lost two. First of all, they were an eight seed last year. Let's just call it what it is. They're, they were the eight seed and they were bad for five, six months. And then they were good for two, yeah. whatever it is. And they lost two starters, however you want to slice it. So they need to make a move. Miami's in the hot seat right now. Two starters now. and a good role player. Yeah. So sure, they would do great with Drew. But once again, Blazers don't want Tyler yeah, Hero. But it, yeah. But it's not that they don't. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. It, it doesn't fit with 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 Sharp and uh, Anthony. Anthony and Tyler here are essentially the same player in terms of just they're young. Uh, their their best years are ahead of them still. They both have a similar contract and they're high volume, high scoring uh, shooting guards. So that just really just doesn't make sense. It'd be one thing if you didn't have a point guard and maybe you can move Tyler or you know Anthony to the one and like you could try doing that like CJ Dame thing again. We have two guards, but like they are they have Scoot, so it just it doesn't make sense. And that's what held up this whole thing this whole summer. So Miami's back center. We got to now find a new third team. Talk about a busy week. Or, or they just, I think they just ship Drew somewhere else. And a lot of teams could use him. I saw them, someone mentioned the Bulls, you know, with Bulls. Lonzo Ball out. And they got some good players. And, you know, the Sixers, I don't know who they would trade for. Maxi, that's kind of the same thing as the Simons issue. That wouldn't, that, wouldn't, yeah. that wouldn't make sense. No, Maxi's too young of a talent to trade for any veteran player, no matter how good they are. I'm so keeping Maxi. I'm not trading Maxi for nobody. Maxi and Joe got to stay. Okay. Well, I just think Maxi and Joel Embiid's timeline are just completely different. PJ, Tobias, all those guys, those guys are available. I'll drive them to the airport. But but Tyrese, Maxi, and and, and um, Joel Embiid are like the nucleus of the team. Okay, that's most so, important. So where do you want to see Drew? I'm counting James because that that fiasco is going to handle itself. You know what I mean? I don't know what's going to go on with that, but uh, one way or the other, he's not at camp. I don't believe he will be there. Yeah. It'd be hard to see him pulling up to camp after everything 100%. that's happened. Um, but who knows? Only only James. What team you, you want to see? Comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> what team do you yeah. want to see Drew end up with? Um, you honestly, man, you just you you like to see J Drew in a competitive environment. I don't even know, man. I, Philly, great. Uh, the problem with Chicago is I just don't like their team. I, I I you like their here's the thing. Everyone liked their team when Lonzo was there, and it all it kind of put all the pieces together, and it made because sense. And they were a one. He seed. makes that team the way he plays. He's like Tyrese Halliburton-like. 
He plays like Jason Kidd. Like I'm not saying he's Jason Kidd, but he was like a I don't want to say poor man's either because I don't want to disrespect. He's a connector. He, he connected. But he's everybody. like a similar type player. Like yeah, he's a connector, bro. He's not a takeaway me first shoot first scoring point guard like 99 percent of the NBA. Yeah. This is a guy who would get a rebound and then two dribbles. That ball is down by the other. I mean, we're talking about in two seconds. One of the fastest, high paced players, athletic, and then he improved his three point shooting. For sure. So he like became an all around, and he was an unbelievable defender. People forgot like how really good how Lonzo was because he's been hurt for so long. So when that fell apart, man, like they resorted to other, you know, Kobe White, who's good, but you know, yeah. And then they have like they got Caruso, and they got Zach, who they've been trying to trade for two years now, and Zach knows it, and it's strange. You got Demar, who's a really good player, but he's expiring. He, you know, he's older. He, he lives off heavy contested mid range jump shots, which I'm not saying are bad shots because he makes them at a high clip. I'm just saying sometimes it's hard for a team to to play around that. You know what I mean? Instead of running and gutting and cutting and layups and threes and everybody's in on it, you kind of have a guy ISO shooting fadeaway twos. It's just harder to play with. Just a, it's just a fact. Um, that's why that style of game has just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so Chicago's just, it's a strange fucking team. Yeah. I mean, listen, could they use Drew? Absolutely. But yeah. Every team could use Drew. Any team Drew goes to, their team will get better. That's just the type of player he is. He's a very low-maintenance um, he's not a superstar, but he is a star point guard. I know he's made the all-star a couple times. He's in and out. He plays at a high level, and anytime he plays against a star, he puts up just the amount. He puts in the same type of work. He's a star level guard. So anywhere he goes, the team will improve. I like Chicago, but I'd rather see him somewhere else. And I like the Bulls. I really do. I love the organization of Chicago. Everyone, they're an iconic organization. Um, they did a good job putting that team together. Lonzo just got hurt. It's just shitty luck. I love what their team did. I love what their GM did, president. I love the team that Chicago put together. Lonzo there running and gunning with Zach because they were both freak athletes. Like that idea of those guys running and having like a guy, DeMar, who's a little bit older, who could help them in the crunch time. And then having like shooters and Crusoe, defensive guys. They had like Derrick Jones Jr. They had athletic ass dudes around that Lonzo was throwing lobs to. Like at the time that team was built, they did a really good job putting it together. Just bad fucking luck. And I like Billy Donovan. I want to get back to, I don't think we talked enough about Dame actually on Milwaukee and what this means. Are, are, are they, that we're waiting. This is the bread and butter right here. This is what we've been waiting to get to. Do you see a scenario where we get the finals rematch of a couple years ago with Suns Bucks? Very possible, but yeah. it's a whole different feel. It's now. a different, it's different. You add Durant, you're yeah, adding Beal, you're adding whole Damian Lillard. A whole different, I mean, more stars. This is, that would be an absolute Goliath versus Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, was it King Kong versus Godzilla? That, that that's that's what that type of matchup would be. We're talking about two teams with not one, not two, three stars and high level role players. Right. Uh, especially Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Got Brooke Lopez still there. Eric I mean, Gordon. A lot of a lot of good players. Grayson Allen. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where it ends over there. But the Milwaukee has. I think Milwaukee's the best team in the league with this team. I have. They're my favorites. Is Milwaukee. Yeah. How about that for Dame? You know, I know he wanted Miami, but his team looking out for him, even though they said no, throwing him to Milwaukee, man, listen, you want to win? You ain't going to get a better shot than this. Yeah. You know this team I mean? had the best record in the NBA last year. And everybody wants to play for them. And I'm not saying it has to happen this year, by the way. Everyone who's like, if they don't win this year, like, bro, it's, it's one it, thing. Remember, a lot of teams, Miami included, with the big three, um, not everybody wins first year. Sometimes it takes a year, usually takes two years. But within the next two years, that team has to be like a, they're going into camp this year, like we got to go back, right? And there's nothing, there's no option other than that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a big deal. That's a that's a that's a different camp. Also, if you're Milwaukee and if you're a Milwaukee fan, you know, Giannis has been hinting about leaving. Oh, this is you just, get Dame. And at least know you got two to three years with these guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just and this is a great thing. And I I'll, I'll be honest, man. I'm really impressed by Milwaukee pulling this off and going to get it. I really am. They just they just go for it. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, I for think sure. They do. It's a good deal. It really is. And again, no one, none of us saw this coming. And I think a lot of us even had questions of when we heard even Milwaukee, you're like, because you asked me that earlier, how do I feel like Milwaukee fits with Dame? You just didn't think of it because you thought Dame wanted to go to Miami and Milwaukee couldn't be further up. Yeah, and I also thought like, yeah. or him with Philly, like the big yeah. point guard mix where I know Giannis likes to dribble. So I didn't know how that would really work. But when you put it in perspective, having Chris Middleton, having Damian, having Giannis, they'll figure it out. You have really, really talented players. You got Bobby Portis, you got Brooke Lopez, you have veteran-like guys who this know how to win. to win. It's it's a team built to win. Yeah. It's and, a team built to uh, win. I remember Dame did something for GQ earlier where he was answering questions from the internet and someone asked who would be his favorite pairing and he said Giannis. So it's kind of crazy that they're linked up now. If you're Miami... Giannis picked him first in the All-Star game. Yeah. So then obviously there's a mutual thing there. Yeah. If you're Miami and there's been rumors about, you know, obviously Miami getting Dame, Miami being kind of keeping an eye on the Giannis situation, being unhappy... You just lost both of those in one foul swoop. Yeah, just one one thing you lost both. Yeah, yeah. that's that's tough. That's tough to go. Yeah, so it's crazy. Who who won the trade? The easy pick would be Milwaukee. And Phoenix didn't win the trade, but they did not lose. They got a solid back big to replace someone that wasn't fitting in culturally wise. Aiden's happy. He gets to go somewhere. He's gonna have more touches. He's gonna have more of a say. He's got his, you know, a younger team. He's probably gonna be really happy. And the Blazers, you went from going for a hero package to Aiton and what do they get for Drew? And now, now they're going to get another good player for Drew. Right. So they're building up their young team. And they got uh, picks and other stuff too. We had a feeling this was going to get they done got two right first before. Round picks. They got two, two, for, two first round picks and a pick swap. Yeah. So they, they got a lot going on over there in Portland. They got a lot to be happy about. There's no losers in this. I really don't yeah. believe so. Now, the biggest risk in all this is obviously the risk that Milwaukee's taking. But at the end of the day, like we talk about this all the time. We talked about it early in the pod, how like just 12 teams trying to win and other teams trying to, they try to fucking win. They're, they went after Damian Lillard. They're like, yo, we're trying to win right now again. I love that. I don't want to get negative, but one thing I can't help but think about is, you know, they traded for Drew. They won a title right away. Two years later, Drew says he wants to be a buck for life. He doesn't want to play for any other team. And you get shipped out. You want a title with this team? And then a couple of years later, you're out of there. All right, Austin, my last question for you is, before this trade went down, we talked about Boston being the clear-cut favorite in the East. Adding KP, you know, Tatum and Brown, obviously one of the best duos in the NBA. Now that this trade happens, if you're Boston, are you going to try to upgrade the roster? Maybe go get Drew, do something? Or are, you, are you still feeling pretty confident about they, they have these. every reason to be confident. As long as they, you got Tatum and Brown and you have Derek and and uh, who else they got over there? Uh, well, they got Przingis. Przingis, who people are very excited about to see because he's never been in a position like that. Przingis right. has never been on a team of this caliber. Right. You know, finals just about every year the, over the past, you know, however many years. Right. Um, you'd imagine he'll try to be healthy and he's in a contract year. So you're going to get a fully motivated Przingis. Um, you know, they have a lot of talented role players. Uh, I said Derek White, but who else is it? Who am I missing here? Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. An unhappy Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, listen, they say he's unhappy, but who really knows? Um, uh, yeah, I would love to see Drew there. I don't know what they have to offer. And I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon, why would Portland do that? No offense. Malcolm Brogdon's a really good player. He's not better than, I, I wouldn't have him over Drew. 
So you'd be trading Drew for Malcolm and some picks. I don't, I don't know, know how that would get it done for you sure. Know, Boston but. has picks. I don't know what Boston has. Right. Maybe, maybe like a Peyton. I, you could maybe throw a couple. Play, you might have to do a couple. Play. Malcolm and another guard. Yeah. You know, maybe now uh, Scoot has a backup. You know, he has Malcolm as a backup. Who's I don't fucking know, man. I, I, yeah. That's a good question. I would like to see in a fantasy world, if I could see Drew anywhere, if we were really trying to make the East insane, I would like to see Drew in Miami or in Boston. Okay. I mean, you're just trying to beef up the top of the Eastern Conference. What's the point if him going to the bottom? If they're not going to play him, the bottom right. teams are going to play young guys anyways because they're trying to develop them. Yeah. So there's no point of him. Be he has to, Drew only fits on a top team. Yeah. The worst case scenario for him is he goes to one of those mid teams. That's not at the bottom, but they're not at the top. They're in like the, the middle ground where they're just trying to Maybe be back in New Orleans. So you can go back to New Orleans, something like that. Yeah. I wouldn't, that's not, you're asking me, my, my, you asked me for my dream situation. <laughs> I told you Portland and, uh, or I'm sorry, Miami and um, Miami and uh, Boston. I think those are the teams for him to be. I don't. I just don't think if I don't know if that works logistically. All right, so we have a uh, we have it in. It's a win win win. One of the rare three team trades. No, I really, we really believe this though. It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a three team win. Portland yeah. did great. Uh, Phoenix did great, and and obviously Milwaukee did great. Um, I just like that Milwaukee got this done. I think it's really cool. They went after it. Yeah, it's just right before camp. Like, go get Damian Lillard. The whole season just changed four days before camp. Oh, it was so negative right before that with all the Giannis talk. Giannis and he's leaving, and Milwaukee. If you don't win this year, he's gone. And da 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 da. da. They signed. He's got four. You know, I don't know how he's got like two, three brothers on staff. <laughs> uh, no, he does. He has two of his brothers on the team. I think it's one. He's two. He's older, and he just signed a younger one. The, no, the younger one's overseas in Greece. Oh, did he go? We to can Greece? look that one up. But yeah, I thought they just brought the younger one over. No, I, think I think there's one in Greece. Regardless, you know, they've tried to do everything to make Giannis happy, rightfully so. He's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else you do as a president of a team than if you're if your best player is saying he's not happy, you know, he wants this, this, and that. I need to compete to win, otherwise I'm out. You go get him Damian Lillard. Right. And now it's like, what else you want? I, I I got your brother. You got Max. You got a hell of a cast around you. And I went and got you the one of the best closures in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is this is everything you can possibly be do. Some new roles for a guy like Chris Middleton and Bradley Beal, for example. These guys are going to be the third option. It's only going to make them better, though. Yeah. Now, now Brad Beal is not getting the every time Brad steps on the court, he's used to getting the best defender every night. Now he's not getting the first or second. So this guy is going to absolutely fry <laughs> the other team's point guard, who they usually hide on that off guard, who like can't guard. They'll right. like, throw him on that one guy. Yeah. Now they're throwing that guy or someone like that on Brad. He's going to absolutely cook people next year, bro. Yeah. And so will Chris Middleton. They're going to put up guys in a blender, bro. They right. both are absolutely bucket machines, and they're not getting the first or second best defender. And you're starting Pat Connaughton at the two for the, for the Milwaukee Bucks? I wouldn't make any of those decisions yet. I'd go to camp and kind of figure that out. You know what I mean? I'm not putting Pat in there. I'm not putting Malik in there. I no, neither of them have like, not that they haven't proven they can't do it. They're just not like, neither of them are like solid starting two guards. Right. I mean, you'll figure that out. You got the, you got the hard part done. You got Brooke, size. You got Bobby, role, great role player, six man of the year candidate. You got a star point guard. You got a star s small forward, the most dominant player in the NBA right now. And then you have uh, Chris Middleton, who's just a great complimentary. You talk about low maintenance, good guy. Chris Middleton. I mean, you got everything that you could possibly want. The only thing that could derail this team is health. That's it. Dame's got to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, that's my favorite to win the East. I'm not even trying to overreact, but when I saw the situation, I was like, this team's going to be really good. They still need a couple pieces. They still need a piece or two. Don't do that. I'm not, we're not even going to start. What kind of, do they need, <laughs> what kind of, what do they need? Do they need a backup guard? They need something like that. I'm not going to say who or what, but 
I'm sure he lives in Winter Park, Florida. All right, we'll kidding. stop right there. <laughs> right. No, no. Uh, that uh, they do though. They do. They do need an extra. They need a one or two people. They need to fill it in. But that's you could do that. You yeah. can do that. You can fill it in. There's players out there. You can fill that in. The hard part that you can't go out there and find, you can't just go sign a Damian Lillard. They got everything. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the losers in this, are, unfortunately, are Miami. Um, you know, they have to go back with the team like last year, but without all their role players that they've lost. And their second or third best player, who a guy who they had on the trading block for the past like, year and a half, now like, hey, you're going to stay with us. Like Tyler's probably like, man, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with Tyler. It's, it's gotta weird, be feeling the type it's, of way. It's, it's a weird situation. Yeah. Uh, but as Miami always does, they just kind of figure out a way to just go in. I'm not counting them out. I'm just saying you it's- can never count them out. You can never count Miami out. Yeah. Not with Jimmy there and not with Spo and, and Pat. You just yeah. can't. They'll figure out something. All right. All right, well, that wraps it up. That was crazy. We're at lunch and boom. Yeah. There it is. We were waiting on it. We said it was slow today. I'm excited. I'm excited for the season to start now, for sure. That changes the things a little bit. I'm right? glad I got, got done before media day. We get Damon some Milwaukee yeah, yeah. bugs. Just get, a little get photo the, shoot get that, get that cloud out of here, man. Like, I was tired I, I of that. I had a feeling it was going to happen. I'm happy for him. Yeah. I know he's got to be. I mean, bro, this guy's like, bro, I, I could, I can go get one maybe. Yeah. That type of hope for a player like that, I mean, I'm sure he's in the lab right now. Like, let's just go in the gym. I'm excited. This is dope. And you know what, Drew? I hope he ends up somewhere where he's deserving because he's like just like the greatest guy. And he's a really good player. And him and his wife and his family, they're they're like, they're just fucking incredible, bro. Like seriously. I remember right. playing with him in New Orleans. Like, he's just a class act. You just don't see players like that. You would never know Drew's who he is and what he's done and what he's made. And he, he, and either his wife. His wife's greatly accomplished in, in soccer, gold medal. Like they just really are like a star-studded family. And they like just walk around with the greatest humility. Um, I would love to see him in a great situation. That would that'd be amazing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week, another episode with my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Here we are, off guard. And uh, what we got this week, man? What we got cooking up? I've watched Kai Jones dancing on loop for the last. Nice, bro. I don't want to the video. I gotta lay off that that whole city, man. I, I got nothing. I, actually, I'm a Charlotte fan. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, first of all, great city. It actually, is a nice little city. I actually like Charlotte. We're rooting for the team. The dancing is insane. They can't be happy about the dance. Well, here's the thing: his flexibility is actually impressive, and his athleticism for his size is actually. Remarkable. I mean, I went to that game in the summer league when he punched on Victor. He's, yeah. he's actually a talented player. I don't know what's going on with that with him. I think maybe he's just young, having a good time, and maybe we can't relate. Listen, first of all, it, there's can't worse things you it. could do than dance. Like it's not. It's crazy. that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. of all the things he's doing, he's like dancing in front of his car. Man, the guy's he's younger. We're also older, not a touch. Maybe like this is like a thing they do. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. You know, growing up watching Xavier McDaniel dancing, which is <laughs> not the way it was. Xavier McDaniel's <laughs> is insane, bro. But I'm just saying, he's how old are you? <laughs> you see the gray hair. Xavier um, did from the Knicks. <laughs> From a lot of teams, Sonics. Sonics. I knew you were gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> the dancing. No, he is definitely flexible. Is great dancer. Definitely flexible. I'm gonna, we're gonna get him on the uh, "You Got Served" reboot. Uh, since the last episode, I feel like I'm a fortune teller. Remember how much I was hyping up Usher, telling you the concert was unbelievable. He has all the hits. And King of R&B. He's gonna do the Super Bowl halftime. But we've talked about the Super Bowl halftime before since last year's lackluster performance. Don't don't come at me. Rihanna is just not a lot of movement. 
Kai Jones would have done a better job you didn't, with the dancing. You didn't, you didn't. I remember you weren't a fan of the the Rihanna. I think we actually talked about it on the pod. Yeah, pregnancy is beautiful. I just don't think it just wasn't like a great perform- yeah, performance. Yeah, she can't do too much because she's limited with the, with the baby. But Usher's gonna kill it. I'm, I'm so excited for people to experience what I saw when I went to Vegas. And he's gonna play his catalog. Like he's gonna be playing straight like songs that the whole crowd will know. 100. You're, you're gonna know every word to every song he plays. Situations. Oh my God. By the way, that's for everyone listening. That's, that was Austin, not me. I can't hit that high note. That's crazy. That was pretty solid, though. That wasn't bad. We have to keep that one in. And another thing we talked about last week was obviously some rumblings about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I brought it up last week. It has exploded, took all the juice away from Dion. It did. And it is just everywhere. And I asked you if you think it's a good idea to date someone that famous. So far, it looks like an unbelievable idea. Jersey sales through the roof. This is great for him. Yeah, it, but, but this isn't the part that we're worried about. It's about when things go sour and there's an album. Named. But I don't think there's anything serious going on. I think they're like right. just talking and it's fun right now. Yeah. Throughout history, if we look at both of their exes, they're, they're neither of each other's type. Yeah. He's like kind of like a more, how do I even call him? He's a little white chocolate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and Travis's exes are obviously a lot different than you know, what Taylor Swift is like that. Right. But I guess, you know, that's, I mean, who are we, man? Everyone has different types. Um, it has been fun to watch though, just the whole like hype behind yeah. this thing. I mean, it just reminds you of what the internet is capable of now. These, everything's so amplified to the point where something happens in the nineties, it's a big deal. And but now there's so, so many channels where people can talk about it and make jokes about it. And how many memes have you seen about it? And it just, everything is just so much more, I don't even know, explosive. You know what I mean? And it has been just hilarious to see. Yeah. Um, he's come up a little bit off of it. He's already famous. He already had his own, you know, lane. Travis, obviously, is a Hall of Fame football player when it's all said and done. But, you know, you go out and date the biggest pop star in music. You know, that's just going to elevate everything. Then you add to it that it's like Taylor, who's like this, I I want to call her like, she's like America's little darling for white people. Um, Because that's just the truth. Nobody I know outside of that ethnic background really listens to her. But in in America, that's the only one you really. I mean, let's say she's the top five most famous woman on the planet. Would you say? I would agree with you. She is for sure. Um, I don't know once I don't know one of her songs. Not like you couldn't play me a Taylor Swift song. You definitely heard the Starbucks Lover or something. Absolutely not. You've definitely heard if I played I, I know it. I have know one you've song. Walked in, you've walked into an Express at the Ultima Mall and you <laughs> and you, and you heard like a the Taylor clothing, Swift song. Like the clothing brand express? You never walked into American Eagle and heard some Taylor Swift? No, but that's where you would hear it at though. I know like one song. It's like I can't even tell you how what it's about. It's like we will never get. We will never ever ever get. Oh, that's back a second. Together. We like five minutes in. You've sang twice. <laughs> Me singing a Taylor Swift song is even nuttier. But that's the only song I know. Um, but who you know, I'm not cultured in her her type of music. So I'm happy for Travis, man. You know, she's sitting next to Mama, Mama Kelsey. This is it's cooking up. That's why I would think it's a little more, maybe a little more serious than you think. If you're with the mom, that's and she left with him after the game. Did they? She left them after the game. What are they going to do? Leave, I mean, she came all the way to Kansas City. The least they could do is take her out to eat after. What are, what are you going to do in Kansas City at 11 p.m. at night? I heard he rented out a restaurant. That's what social media said. You got to at this point with her. I mean, that's the thing with him. He's now got to elevate everything he's ever done. He went from dating 
you know, normal girls to now you got to run out a restaurant to take her to eat because she can't go to a normal restaurant. Yeah. You can't take her anywhere. She's that famous, like you said. You know, it, it, it would be no different than someone just like randomly dating, you know, Kim Kardashian. But even more, like this is more. More famous than Kim Kardashian? <clears throat> no, I don't know about that. Here's the difference, right? Kim Kardashian might be as famous, but it's not an infatuation level like Taylor. If you took Kim Kardashian to a restaurant, there'd be girls that are like, oh my God, that's Kim. They're like, maybe like take a picture or something. But like, at the end of the day, they know it's like, it's Kim, man. She's a reality TV star. She's, she dates famous people. This pretty girl lives in LA. That is her talent. And she like has built a brand off of whatever, whatever. That's, that's Kim. Yeah. Taylor Swift's like a pop star. Like she walks in there, girls scream and lose their fucking mind. Right. They're like, holy fuck, Taylor Swift's in here. There's just like a difference. You know what I mean? It's that like, makes sense. It's a difference between like Beyonce walking in a restaurant and everybody like doesn't know what to do. First, like Kim Kardashian, who is just as famous. It's just not the same type of fame. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Travis, like, bro, you can't go to a mall with her. I could go to a mall with Kim. She'd get stopped plenty of times for pictures. She's really famous, super famous. Taylor Swift that had like a whole crowd following her behind her. Yeah, it speaks more to what music does for people, what music means to people. You know what I mean? Like you have to be truly iconic to have like that level of, it's like LeBron type shit, bro. Like LeBron goes somewhere and it's like the whole, the whole fucking restaurant shuts down when he walks in there. Right. I remember, I'll tell a story real quick. And this is actually the comedy. I remember one time we went out. I don't know what it was for. It was for like some type of event for, I want to say it might've been All-Star Weekend. I don't know. It was in LA and it's that highlight room. And we all were out. Uh, LeBron was out in a whole different section, table, blah, blah, blah. And it was packed. Everybody's in there. This guy walks out, walks up out of his section to leave the club. The whole club followed him out. <laughs> it, it, no, it immediately got empty when he left. As if like you couldn't party without him being in there. It was the cr- strangest thing I've ever seen. That's crazy. Like everybody's in there. Mind you, there's like 30 NBA players in here. Girls everywhere, blah, 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 good time. This guy leaves and everybody else is like, Let's get the tab. Man. He's the barometer of if it's fun or not. If he's like, I'm out, then everyone's like, everyone's yes, like yeah, can't be fun. Yeah, yeah let's, let's get the tab. We got to get out of here. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? This is insane. That's some juice right there. Uh, so yeah, I think there's levels to like fame for sure, obviously. Taylor Swift is like at the top of that iceberg. So Travis, like you said, the jersey sales, the, all this stuff, like their whole family, his pod, his his brother, like it's just getting to a point where it's like, I mean, wow. They played each other in a Super Bowl last year. Like they're, it's, they're, things are going up. Things are looking good. For them right now, it's looking very up. Yeah, yeah. They have a whole, and this Travis is really, I mean, this is, this is a great move by him. They seem awesome too. It's well-deserved. Uh, another guy that's been made available, it looks like, is Buddy Heald, who. He's know, available every year. Right. He's, he's literally available. 40% every, from three for his career. Has, 16 points a game for his career. Great player. I just looked this up. He has the most threes ever by a player that's never played in the playoffs. There's like this thing with him. I don't know what it is, but like his numbers, when you look them up, they're so impressive. He's like one of them all-time three-point. It's like crazy. Yeah. And like 16 point per game average on his, like on his career is nuts. Whenever you look up like most threes, in the last five years, it's, you know, Steph, Clay, Daniel yeah. Lillard, Buddy Heald. It's yeah, like he's, he's always up there. He's, he has like these impressive stats and numbers, but it seems like every team he, like he's just available and every team he goes to, people will trade him. Right. I don't understand that. Maybe it's, I don't know. And it's interesting to judge Buddy because he hasn't been on a playoff team yet. I would like to see him in like that arena. That's a lot of threes for losing teams. That's crazy. He's always been on very bad teams. Yeah. He was drafted to New Orleans when they stunk. Well, they trade and they traded, and they traded him. him, and then like New Orleans started to go on the rise. Then he went to sack, terrible. Right, got rid of him. They started to get really, really well. It's tough. Then he went to Indiana, and they like 
You thought you were the good luck shock. These two, he looks like yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes to Indiana and they're like, they stink. Indiana's been terrible the past couple of years. Now they're like starting to Halliburton. We got Matherin. We got we got yeah, Obi Toppin. We got the another rookie, uh, Jarris Walker. Starting to turn the corner now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like now, now Indiana's on the rise. They're like it's time to shed them. And yeah. now they're like let's trade them. It's like what's going on? <laughs> I know at some point he's like, can I get in on this? You know what I mean? Like I've only put up really good numbers. You can't say my numbers aren't solid. He shoots a high percentage from three. He's one of the best three point shooters. It was crazy when he retires. He's going to go down as one of the best three point shooters of all time. His numbers statistically little literally put him in that in that thing. So I would like to see. Oh, I mean, my magic would need a guy like this. There's just a sniper to go out there and hit, you know, a few threes a game, but spread the floor. Can't every team use him? For sure. Anyway, every team needs shooting. I know, and he's one of the best in the league. Besides the teams that he's on. That's, it's, <laughs> it's so strange to me. That's why I'm like, I don't understand the whole like Buddy Heald like discard. You know what I mean? Like everybody just kind of like discards him. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I would like to see kind of Buddy on a playoff team. Right. Like you think on a, maybe a little, little bit of a lower level in Malik Beasley, these guys they can shoot. Every team could use them, but for some reason, you know, these guys get shopped around. They're always in trade, you know, trade rumors and this and that. It's usually defensive and shot selection. Yeah, is what gets in their way a little bit, and people question their ability to maybe play on a really good team and fit in. But I, I it's hard to judge Buddy because he's never been in one. Right, I've never seen him on a good team and not fit in. Like, it just hasn't, or maybe I'm tripping. Am, am I wrong here? Uh, he's always shot a really nice percent. Like I said, forty percent from three for his career. I mean, and in yeah. college, he, I mean, he's just always been a he's always been a good shooter. Mm. I saw Cooper flag. He took his uh, first official visit to UConn. UConn. I, I have a question for you. You're, you're definitely better, well, more well versed than I am in this. What's this thing where players now take a visit and they do a photo shoot in the jersey and their family's there and they're decked out in the clothes? I mean, that just, I don't understand that. It's, it's weird because if he goes to Duke and he just has these pictures of him in a UConn jersey, it's weird. It's the dumbest thing. It's definitely it's new, right? It's, it's been going on like the last like four years, okay. five years. Yeah. It's like what they do now. When they go on their visit, they do photo shoots in their jerseys and then they post it on their Instagram. I remember like, Bronny James had an Ohio State one. And I was just like, like so confused. Everyone's like, oh, he's going there. Like I saw, I see this all the time. Like someone goes there and wears like a whole Syracuse thing. They do this whole thing. It's like, what are we, are you going, did you commit there? Yeah. Do you remember like back in the day, man, you just got a couple visits, you got some letters, you went to the school, you took your official, you made a decision and then that was that. And if anything, if you were a really good player, you do like your whole announcement on ESPN and like pick the hat. For like, sure. Can we not just? <laughs> I remember when he got game. They did the um, at Tech U with like Rick Fox. Tech uh, they, they they did the announcement, the starting lineup announcement for him. I thought that was a big deal. Now they just got the family out there throwing up the U for UConn. It's just like it's a lot. If you don't go there, they're gonna. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm once again showing my age. It's, it's weird. not weird for UConn. They're only doing what they have to do. Right. Again, this is, yeah, they'll do whatever it takes. This is new age recruiting. Right. So UConn's doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're seeing all these other schools doing this exact thing. So they bring the family out. I mean, they're doing. They're hoping that he puts the jersey on. They're like, yeah. you know what? I no. look great in this navy blue and red. This looks unbelievable. Co- Coach Hurley's doing his thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually like Coach Hurley too, and I like UConn's program. Um, but uh, would I like to see Cooper in a Duke jersey? <laughs> spoken like a true dookie sure he belongs there think about it think about it and i'm not gonna get into it i'm not gonna get into i'm not gonna pull the whole card he looks like a duke player yeah but all those guys get hated on man the jj reddicks the christian layton you know the so much hate that they're they're, they're loved you can say what it, you say like christian layton hated everywhere but like that guy goes everywhere and like people ask like, fuck christian layton and he gets dumb love jj reddick gets dumb love 
The hate is a compliment. They wouldn't hate you if you couldn't ball. There's a lot of Duke players that go to Duke and they get no hate because some guys that go to Duke. Like Kyle Singler went, not that hated. Won a title though. No. It just all depends on who you are. JJ was like out there talking shit. That's why he was hated. And he's a white boy with like zero swag. He wore like baggy shorts and low socks. And he's out there like just yeah, giving. I get the haircut back then versus like now. It's a whole different look. He hold, yeah, he was just, you know, he looked crazy. But he's out there just giving people 30 pieces. You know what I mean? 20, he was unbelievable at Duke. And then he went to the NBA and able to find a way and like be like a little niche shooter. He was shooting those threes before threes were even popular. No, I played with uh, JJ in, you know, in LA. Yeah. Um, you know, could shoot, can really shoot. It's about it. But he could shoot the shit out the ball. Underrated playmaking. Who? JJ. Get the fuck out of here. JJ is not playmaking nothing. Uh, he's smart player. J- JJ's purpose was to play really well in the first quarter. This guy would come out in the first five minutes of every game and just light it up. While everyone's like kind of easing into the game, he'll come off a down screen 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Bang! Like he, like I think, led the league in scoring in the first like seven minutes of the game, six minutes of the game, some crazy stat. Yeah. And then after that, he'll only score like four or five more points for the rest of the game, but I'll have 12 in the first quarter. He'll get his like 14, 13, 15. I mean, he was hooping when I played with him. When I was, when I was uh, with the Clips, JJ did his stuff, no doubt about it. Um, he was a really good role player, really good shooter in the league. And that's how a lot of guys pan out from Duke. They end up being role players. Every once in a while, you'll get a star here and there. But like, uh, you, well, I mean, it's definitely different now when you have Kyrie Irving, yeah, and yeah, Zion's, and yeah, Tatum's and stuff like that, yeah. Ingram's. But like, we 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 usually bred like you know really good pros. It's just guys who are able to go in the league and sustain and like just be a good pro. Um, Cooper has obviously star ability and has a chance to be. You know, people look at him and say, "Gordon, is this Hayward. an official pitch for him to go to Duke?" I feel like I mean, this is. Oh no no no! I'm, well, listen, man. Duke, Kentucky, Kansas—the kids going top three in the draft. So it, it don't matter. This guy can go to Rollins College and go top five in the draft. His he's already built that through high school. Um, it just matters what he, what stone is he trying to, what step is that going to be? What's it going to look like? You're going to you're going into the league after one year. You're going to college for seven months. What do you want out of college? What do you want out of it? Who do you want to be coached by? Where do you want to live? What environment? What conference? That that's that's what has to matter for him because. Everything else, it doesn't mean anything. You're not going to be there long enough to enjoy it. Like, you know, this and that. Like, bro, you're going to be there for six months. How long were you actually at Duke? Half a year. Seven months. And I barely stayed on campus. The second you guys lost to Lehigh, you were out? No, I stayed. I stayed and finished that whole year. I did. I took my exams and everything. Uh, But it's different, man. Like, once you know you're leaving, like, was I in class every single day? No. I went to each class maybe once or twice a week. I mean, we went to this class like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday. I probably wasn't there. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you, but I, I wasn't like there every day. I did enough to pass, get my credits just in case if I wanted to come back and graduate. I didn't just lose a whole year for no reason. What was your favorite class while you were there? Um, I took uh, drama. I took acting and it was like me and Quinn <laughs> and Marshall Plumley all in the same class. And we were just having a, an absolute blast, bro. We were just making jokes all day. It was comedy. Quinn Cook, man. I, and he's so that. funny, bro. Yeah. Quinn, Quinn's like a natural. Quinn like belongs on TV. I don't know how he's not doing something. Like I, I would love to see Quinn like do ACC Network stuff for Duke. Right. I think he'd be good at it. He's funny. And he's a, he's a, I don't want to call him a legend, but he had a great Duke career. Sure. And he went to Oak Hill too. He's, it's a very nice story. And, and, and he went to the Warriors and. Won a championship. Yeah, yeah. So he won. He won national championship. It, it's a brief, awesome basketball career. He had won national championship in high school for Oak Hill. They won the national championship. Won a national championship at Duke. Was on that team with the with the five, starting point guard for that team. 
And well, then him and Tyus Jones, right? Him and Tyus ran it, yeah. And then goes to the pros and wins with the Lakers and the Warriors. Like, just just keeps winning. Yeah. Him and Patrick McCraw you would just win titles. Yeah. Quinn put in more work than Patrick McCraw. Yeah. Quinn, like, had a stint where he was playing, like, some really good minutes for the Warriors, at least. Um, Quinn can hoop. He's just undersized. But, he, like, he's got game. But you would think with that success of winning, I, I would like to see him on TV somewhere. He's hilarious, too. Did you get anything out of that drama class? Are you any acting skills? What do we? No, I don't remember. It was the teacher hated us. We were like late to half the classes and only came here and there. And then like we're like expected to be in like a play and don't know the lines. And like it was it was a mess. I also remember I played. I had sports science and then I had one other class. It was like War in the Caribbean or some 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 nutty shit. It was ridiculous, bro. What's the different? What's the biggest difference from when you were playing AAU and you were being recruited? versus players now we already mentioned uh you know players you know putting on the jersey during their official visit and you know doing a photo shoot and everything like that what else do you remember um, obviously social media wasn't as big back then either i don't remember i mean i don't know if you were on myspace or what it was back then but the biggest difference is money you know kids are getting paid now and it's legal versus not you know when i played is very frowned upon and it's like considered a scandal if a guy was getting paid i mean you saw all the stuff that happened the fbi like raided agencies and remember that whole thing yeah. like it's kind of messy where uh obviously now the nil deals these guys these kids are getting paid you know what i mean so it's made it probably a lot harder for college coaches in recruiting it's made it a lot harder i know from myself i have a grassroots au program and we go out there and we're like recruiting kids to come to our program and play and these kids it's not just a simple yes it's like what can you do for me or like how much you got for me and it's like what like i'm yeah. paying for you to go to every tournament I'm paying for you to be laced in Adidas. I'm paying for you to be seen by every college coach in America. You're, you and your parents don't have to worry about a dollar. And you're asking me, how much do I want to pay you to go play AU basketball? It's crazy. It, it's nuts, bro. So I'm not with that shit. Unless you're Cooper Flag, I'll throw you a little bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you're like, or you know, you're you know, you're a boozer twin, I'll do I'll, you know, we could do something then. Some of these kids are like average, low-level D1. Like, how much you got from me? I'm like, brother, I got a handshake. You're not getting paid by me. If you're that good, you don't get paid anyway. What do you want from me? Some of them are just greedy, bro. Like, I don't even understand this. Like, you want like 10... I get it if your family needs the money. But some of these, like, come from, like, good parents and good homes. Like, how much are you going to pay? So I'm just like, you're out of your fucking mind, man. I don't like that. I don't. I don't like kids getting paid. I have no problem with kids getting brand deals and getting paid for that. I don't like the money to, like... The weird money. The money that's like this much money just to do something that before was being done for free. I have no problem with a kid getting sponsorships. I have no problem with the kids getting paid by Nike or Adidas or whatever it is. I have no problem with any of that. But like when like kids just want a handout for bread to just come to play for your program or to like go to a tournament with your program, like, you know, I don't know. You know, I get it even for college. These kids are getting paid to go to college now. A lot of money. A lot. They're getting paid like, yo, I got three fifty. I got two fifty two hundred and fifty thousand to go to college, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is cash. These kids are walking around driving nice. That's probably the, the, the big difference too. Like you were I mean, obviously, you know, your family was was well off, but you know, a lot of your teammates probably it was just different, you know, getting like eating and things they were doing. I have no, and again, yeah. I, I like that. I yeah. like the college paying them. I like college paying them. They should. These they, the colleges are making millions off these kids. I have no. I, it's only the, the AAU stuff. I have a problem with kids getting paid to go to an AAU program. That's the only thing that's weird to me. And I ideal is great. Sponsorships great. Getting paid to go to college, dope, man. Get get your bread. Uh, but that's the biggest difference. This money shit has changed everything. 
Jabari Parker recently made some comments. He plays for Barcelona now in the EuroLeague, and he made some comments about the NBA being watered down. There's only 12 teams that are trying to win. All the other teams are, you know, developing youth or, you know, tanking, whatever it is, getting guys for potential. I agree with a lot of the things he's saying. It's tough hearing it from a guy that people are saying, well, that's because you can't make the NBA. So they're not saying his comments are valid, but I do agree in the 90s, 2000s, people were teams, no matter where you were, you know, bottom of the league, middle of the pack, teams were trying to get the best players to have the best chance of winning. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case all the time. You know, a team that's a young team right now that's, you know, trying to develop their youth or still get draft picks, they're not going to get a guy that's been in the NBA 12 years. Right. That's a solid role player. It doesn't fit their timeline. And it just makes them in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And it doesn't make them bad enough to get a bad pick or develop their youth. takes away from the youth. What do you think about that? Do you, do you agree with his comments? I, I don't know if watered down is the correct word. It's just different. The, the league's a lot younger. So because of that, you're dealing with a lot of the things you see with youth. Um, I want to make sure I respond to, you know, respond to this the right way. I do think it's tough coming from him because of his situation. People are just like, eh, we know why you're saying this, but there is truth to what he's saying in regards to the NBA is just a lot different from when he, when he came in, it's even younger, it's getting younger and younger to the point where you feel like the NBA is almost an extension of college where like half of each team is like just a bunch of guys you'd never heard of, like these young kids. And then you got like the pros that we grew up, the guys I played with. Yeah. I just think times are changing. I don't want to call it watered down just because it's different. Yeah. But look at the whole game, man. We got an in-season tournament and we have, uh, the, you know, the, this layout's different. They want to change this is different. They want to, I mean, the, the game in general is changing. Um, we right. do have younger I, I, players. I up to Two-way contracts. I yeah. mean, the, the whole league is just not what it was eight or nine years ago. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I don't think it's watered down. I just think, you know, they did push a lot of players out this summer. This summer was weird. And I'm one of them for now. I do think I'll sign. I know I'll sign somewhere, God, God willing. Um, but it's been a weird summer. A lot of guys have like been kind of pushed out, and like it's just all young. Right. Even if they can't play, like some of these guys can't play. Look about. I'm not, I'm not even trying to be mean, man. There's a lot of guys that are playing right now in the NBA that are like, and I think that's what he's trying to say. Because I don't think the league's watered down. You still got the same stars. You still got the the good teams that were good last year, good this year. Yeah. Uh, you got young, talented rookies, high draft picks, just like always, you know, but there's like this, there are some like, it's, it is weird. There's, there's some guys in the league. You're like, how the fuck is that guy playing basketball? Right. And I'm and not even saying, I'm not saying that's, you're saying that's due to potential. Huh? That's due to the player having potential. Maybe he has potential and he's young and they like, I mean, that's just what it is. Now, if you're 22, 21, you got a chance. You right. know what I mean? Like, and it's tough because to Jabari's point, they'd rather have that guy than an older guy. Cause they're not going to win anyway. Yeah. So why the older they, guy might be better and make them win more games, but not have a chance of winning the title. And then you're a mediocre team. And now you don't get a high draft pick. Right. So having a 30-year-old like myself or like a Will Barton or uh, a this guy or whoever doesn't might fit your mold because, you know, if you're like a subpar team, why would I want a 30-year-old who can actually help us win games or like know how to play? You would trade him if the guy was who... For example, the, in 2001... Jerry Stackhouse was second in the league in scoring, averaged 30 points a game. He was on the Pistons. They won 30 games. They would have traded to this day and age if he was, if he was scoring 30 points a game. So a good team would have plucked them probably. He's scoring 30 points a game on a team that's, you know, bottom of the league. They would have taken him out and they just, they were just rolling with him, playing, you know, playing him and everything like that. And I looked at that roster just to see, to make sure he was averaging 30 points a game. The youngest guy on the team was Brian Cardinal at 23. That was the youngest guy on the team. That could be the oldest guy on a lot of teams. Now. Like it's crazy. Yep. It's just, it is a different league.
It is, and I think it does frustrate a lot of guys, especially guys who are older, guys like Jabari, Kemba Walker. You've seen these guys go overseas. Um, they've, you know, guys have kind of gotten pushed out a little bit. And I, I, I don't think the NBA is watered down. I don't. I just think it's very different, and it's in a different place, and it is much younger. But because of such, you are seeing just like a handful of guys, a large handful of guys. And you can name literally a couple on each team. You're like, how is he? How does he have a deal? Or how's that guy playing? Right. Who is he? But then you have to, then you think like, well, why is that? And then to Jabari's point, it's like a lot of teams, I'm not saying they want to lose because they, they go out there to try to win every night. But purposely, the roster that's put together is one that is not going to be a winning one. And then you get higher picks and you get higher draft picks. And it buys longevity for GMs and presidents. A rebuild is the greatest thing a GM and president can hear, man. And it works sometimes. The, the Magic traded Gordon, Fournier, and Vucevic all like on the same day of the trade deadline. Guess what? Now they are in a better place. You know, they have, you know, Paolo, Franz Wagner, you know, Wendell Carter. So I understand it could work when you get rid of the, you know, older guys to, you know, rebuild. See, that's and, where I'm different in, in, in this. But I, it can work. I'm not saying it works every time. It can it, work. It, it can work. It only has worked for a handful of teams. Take OKC out next. I just, I just named the Magic. They're in a better situation now. Maybe. Yeah, they got Paolo and Wagner. Yeah. That's it. Two, you know, under 22 guys that are, I think they're one of the best young duos in the NBA. Yeah, no, I'm saying the best. Yeah, no, no. I I like Paolo and Wagner. I like that. Outside of that, man, you know, I, I don't really know yet. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. They have like the strangest mix of players I've ever seen. They have like 22 point guards on their team. They literally have like 12 guards on their team. You're I don't right. know who do you play. Well, I think it's with the, Cole with the Magic. Guard? With the Magic. Is that, well, Cole Anthony's one of the more talented scorers on the team. Is, uh, what's, uh... He's, Cole Anthony's perfect for the six-man. He's going to be a six-man of the year candidate. So who's starting guard? Markel Fultz, which when we had him last year, we were a six-seed record-wise. So what is, uh... What's the guy they draft? Suggs. Where's he at? Suggs could start at the two probably this year. So you're starting backcourts, Fultz and Suggs. It was last year when Fultz played. Yep. You can start Gary Harris. No, they, they don't even play him. They drafted Anthony Black and Jet Howard. They don't even play Gary. And Gary's like a pretty damn good player. Yeah, he's what they need to. He can shoot. All right, we're back and we're introducing a new segment. Our producer, Ben, uh, is actually going to kind of lead it here. So, Ben, let's see what you got. All right. So uh, this segment is going to be called Lost in the Sauce. Uh, essentially... It's going to be, you know, NBA trivia. It's really a test both of your knowledge uh, of the history of the NBA. You know, Austin, you've obviously been around the game your entire life. And Pasha, you're, you're a self-proclaimed basketball nerd. Am I, am so, I on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? No, you're right. absolutely right. I, 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 I just worry for Austin because I think in his situation, he was so busy playing and was obviously such a phenom at a young age that maybe he was so busy playing that he wasn't maybe watching as much. I, I have faith. I have faith in Austin's knowledge. You have this thing where like, you think because I was in the gym all the time that I didn't, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, obviously, you come from a basketball family. I think you know a lot. I know more than any player. I, I, I'm willing to put my basketball knowledge versus any current player in the NBA. I don't know. That's kind of, it's, we'll see how you do here. All right. That's right. Yeah. With the exception of like a Chris Paul or something like that. As some background for the listeners, this segment kind of came to life basically because of just several conversations between you guys about players and teams that that don't get talked about enough kind of an NBA discourse these days or who essentially get you know lost in the sauce so hence the name uh few ground rules 
no looking up answers on your laptops, on your phones. I'm relying yeah, on the honor system. Because you do that there. a lot. And you have to, even if you don't know, you have to at least attempt to guess. All right. Okay. Uh, no time I'm limit. Get killed. <laughs> but if it gets unreasonable, you, we're going to make you guess. And then um, okay. once the answer is revealed, if you guys have any expanded thoughts on that player or that team, feel free to, to add them in. All right. Let's hear it. First ever edition of Lost in the Sauce. Good luck, guys. Uh, first up, who was the NBA's 1995 most valuable player? MVP. I'm going to get killed in this. Do you know the answer? Yes. Hold on, hold on. Give me a chance. 1995. This is unbelievable. <laughs> 1995 MVP. Is Carl Malone? No. Charles? No. Can I say it? It's not, it's not, Let me, can I just do it? Are you done? Yeah, just go ahead. All right. It was David Robinson, the Admiral. Um, That's correct. Then Hakeem Olajuwon in the conference finals killed him with all those up, up fakes and everything. It was kind of like, that's that's the real MVP. I think David Robinson actually got presented the MVP trophy right before game one of the conference finals against Hakeem where he got like really offended. I think Kenny Smith talks about that story. But yeah, 1995, tough year. My magic loss got swept in the finals. There you go. That's correct. David Robinson is correct. All right. Second, who led the NBA in assists in 2012-2013, which was Austin's rookie season? Led the league in assists 2012-2013. I'm like trying to think who was dominating at that time. It's a point Rondo. guard. Yeah, it's actually correct. Bang! I would have guessed Rondo too, but because yeah. That's good. All right. There we go. Wait, it's not like a score. I would have got that right. Do you want that point, Austin? You don't have to keep score. I will. It's one one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? That's not, I, got, I would have got that right. I didn't even say anything. I'm you, letting you go first every time. Just say it first. Huh? We, we might have to institute some sort of buzzer situation, but we'll, we'll figure that out uh, in the next version. All right. Question three. And I'm, I'm solely using this year because when I asked... Pasha, how far we should go back? He said this season. So I just want to see if he, he really knows this. And Austin, I hope you do too. Uh, who were the 1979 NBA champions? I know that answer. 1979? <laughs> yeah, I automatically got it. Man. So should I get it and get the point? The, 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 Seattle the, Supersonics. Dennis Johnson uh, uh, got the finals MVP. They beat the Bullets. Man, I was about it was to a say, rematch of the finals the year before, maybe. I was about to say the Washington Bullets. Well, no. That was the year before. West Unsold. It's close. Bonus points if you know uh, the final score of the series, like how it ended. Not the score of the game, oh, but... They, did they win in... How many games? games? Close. Six? Five games. All right. Five uh, games. Well, I, thought the ser- I thought the playoffs only went to five then. What? It was the finals. The finals oh, no, only first. Seven. Yeah, first, seri- first round used to be best of this. five. All right. <sighs> Next up. Who was, was the tough. NBA scoring champion... For the 2002-2003 season. Uh, Tracy McGrady. That's correct. That's a good guess. Is that correct? That's correct. That's not a guess. Jesus. That is... <laughs> By the way, it's... I was about to say Shaq. Can I say something really quick? While you were out playing and being really good at basketball and working on your game, I was at home watching like Rising Stars on VHS and being obsessed with basketball and like collecting cards. I was like, it's not fair. <laughs> Go ahead. There we go. All right. And last one on here. <laughs> Fuck this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the 2007 Defensive Player of the Year? 
I'm going to go with... This is tough. 2007. Let's see. The Spurs swept the Cavs in the finals. The Cavs got to the finals by beating the Pistons, so Ben Wallace was still good. I mean, Dwight Howard snuck in a couple of these. Ben Wallace or Dwight Howard? This was a surprising answer, uh, just looking back. So it wasn't any of the the usuals. Okay. That were, and Ron Artest was on the Rockets. No? Wait, um, look at me. 2070. You got to okay, you gotta take a, uh, make a guess. Uh, I'll go with uh, 2007 Defensive Player of the Year. Bro, I couldn't even give you a guess. Uh, I was gonna say Kevin Garnett. Good no. guess, not 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 correct, but that's a good that's a good guess. Pasha, <clears throat> can I get a conference? Uh, the Western Conference. I'm actually interested to see if you're gonna get this. Let's go, Riddler. What do you got? I was gonna say like <laughs> just. What'd you say, Riddler? What the. <laughs> I am going to say, I'm just going to say Ron Artest. It's not right. It's not. It was Marcus Camby. You know what's crazy? Can oh, I say something? You are not going to guess Marcus Camby. Can, we, can, can, I, can I say something? I literally, in my mind for a second, oh, I hate you. thought of Marcus Camby. And I was like, that's just no way. I should have just went for it. Wow. You know what? That was humbling for me. I don't know how it felt for you. Right on par with what I... Can I just say something though? Austin, just, people don't understand how much you're obsessed with basketball. We were at Kava the other day at lunch. This guy was watching highlights on his phone. We sat there for two hours pulling up. I think I pulled up Ginobili highlights. You were watching Kyrie. We just kept going back and forth for two hours. We were at Kava. The people, the staff there thinks we're like freaks. But yeah, you're obsessed with basketball just because it's just, you didn't it's do just well. my era. It's just my era. You're not a historian. Not past the 2004, 2003. Like that's where my cutoff is. I'm like modern day. My history is like I go on YouTube and watch Darren Williams for two hours. I'm not watching like Pistol Pete. Well, okay, I'm not. No offense to Pistol Pete, I'm not watching him either. I'm not even watching early '80s, '90s. I, I'm, I'm watching like you know, guys. I the playing styles change so much. I just never really got into the. If there was a hardwood classic on, which they've been on a lot on NBA TV recently, you wouldn't watch a 1993. No, know? no. No interest. Guys guarding each other five feet away from each other, giving them the three the entire game. I have no interest in seeing it. We watched uh, Suns, it, Suns uh, Bulls finals and, game. And what did we do? After the first quarter, we were like, turn this shit off. The, you had a three whenever you wanted it. Everyone's guarding when each other. They weren't it was a different game back then. Guys are like backing them down from the from the half court. Like, I can't do it, man. I tell ben, my dad. You another, can you give us another question? Do you have a backup? I actually do. I actually do. Uh, for, <laughs> let's, get, let's do one more. For, for this situation. I want to go, go out on top. I want to go out on top. All right. All right. Here's the last one. See if you guys can get this. What organization has the third most championships in NBA history? I already got that. Spurs. No. No? no. I'm going to go with Detroit? the... No, hold on. Everybody knows one and two. <laughs> yeah, one and two is there. Is it the Bulls? No. Oh, uh, don't tell me it's the Warriors. It is. It's Golden State Warriors. 
Ben, I have a question for you. Who's going to start this year for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, like all five? Let me name all five. Yeah, give me the give me give me the give me the five. Uh, I'm going Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Looney, and for at and least no, for at least the first couple of games, it'll be Chris Paul, and they'll take him. No, they'll, they'll, they'll have a quick. Got to start Looney. He's going Chris hook. Paul over Looney. I got to start Looney. Looney is one of the most underrated, undervalued bigs in in basketball. I think Looney needs to start, but do who do I think will start? Because of non basketball things, I think it's me, Chris Paul, for at least the at least the beginning of the season. No, I think I, I have Chris coming off the bench. And guess what? If you're playing well, you'll finish the game. Simple as that. That's the most important thing. Finish the game. It's all that matters. Hasn't Looney not missed a game for a couple of years? Know, I think he's got. A, I think he's got. A, I don't know. He's done a lot for that team. Do you know what Chris does if he comes off the bench and plays well? He extends his career by another three or four years. Not that he gives a fuck because he's already playing to like age forty and he's made over three hundred million. But if he if he's able to like come off the bench and play well and accept the role, people are like, oh man, look at Chris, man, this guy, starter, Hall of Fame point guard, first ballot, unanimous, goes to the Warriors, no problem, come off the bench, no ego, plays well, finishes some games when he does, when he doesn't, he's on the bench active. Chris does that, bro. He'll have that job available for him for another three or four years to other teams and still get paid decent money. I think it's really important for him to do that. Otherwise, he can, he can go out this way like I got to start or not. He's earned it. But I would like to see him come off the bench and just like play really well. He's done everything you could possibly do as a starter. He doesn't he has nothing to prove as a starter. Yeah. There's nothing to prove. He just needs the ball in his hands, right? I just don't Let's give him the second unit. They don't have pool in there anymore. They need him. Yeah. You don't got this guy just hoisting shots. You could you could throw Chris in there. Chris will run like a smooth offense. At the end of the day, you know you got a good point guard doing some pick and roll action, they'll get some good looks. Got to come off the bench. Him starting just doesn't even make sense defensively with him and Steph out there. It's it's not. Good. It sends the wrong message, I think, to Looney, who is you know that that lineup won a, like a title together a couple years Bro, ago. This guy Looney does all of the dirty work. No praise. He does just as much dirty work as Draymond. No praise, bro. I would have had Looney on the goddamn USA team, FIBA team. I guarantee you would yeah, have no, more it, three it, rebounds. It would have it gave a need for sure. <sighs> I like that segment. I get I'm gonna get killed every time, but it's fun. Yeah, I appreciate you, Ben. We're doing that every week. I got to get my confidence up every week by busting your ass in that game. That can go ahead into the weekend. With, you know, my so head up. for the fans who haven't heard us in our last episode, we're doing a little segment now, or we just we just did Lost in the Sauce. Really just trying to give a little light and shine to players that maybe were lost in the sauce that people don't talk about before the social media age, before this really boom of the NBA basketball in general. There's a lot of lost talented, talented players that play in our league that just don't get the recognition they deserve. So we're going to do a little trivia here and, here and there to, you know, see what we know. You're probably going to win 90% of the time. You're like stomped a Schwab, but I'll do my best. Yeah. Today was no different. You crushed. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know. I totally forgot about Marcus Camby. That, that, that kind of goes into your defensive player of the year issue that you said last pod. They give it to the big man who probably led the NBA in blocks. That's just what it is, but... Shout out to Marcus Camby. Uh, oh, can it? I say something about that? Yeah, go ahead. That segment we had uh, about, we talked about how defensive player of the year always goes to the big. I got a monologue text message from Rudy, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Let's hear it. As and, you should. And he was very passionate about his side. I First off, I love Rudy. Like, I think he's, I, I don't know why people like have this dislike towards him. He's, he's like such a great well, he's guy. He's a part of one of the most lopsided trades, people say. What trade? 
his the trade his trade of the Timberwolves. Ask, what's so lopsided about it? The guys that he was traded for aren't even there anymore. Walker Kessler, all the picks. Yeah, but everybody else in that trade is like scattered around the league. It's fine. We don't have to get into the trade. Go yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the most well, lopsided trade. Uh, um, a lot of stuff. He was just like, this is why the biggest. I mean, he just went into point after point after point. I was just like, bro, I actually agree with a lot of things you're saying. I'm just, I also think guards should, it should be mixed. It's like 90% bigs who win this award. Yeah. He's like, but the big has to, you know, we see that the, he, you know, he's, that's why I love Rudy. He's very passionate about his, you know, his, his job. I, I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but I, it was so funny. I see like this message from him and I click it and it's like, it's, it's like a foot long message. I'm right. just typing. I'm like, whoa. I would have preferred a voice note from him. I think that would have been way better. That would have, you would have had to play that one on the pod. He was he was not happy with my take on the uh, the guards. Would you write back? I was like, and in all agreements, I agree with you. But at the end of the day, if you look at our team last year, you are definitely our defensive guy. I'll give you that. But when we were in a tight game, who did we need to go get a stop? It was either me or JD McDaniels. Yeah. We're guarding the best player at the end of the game. I'm just keeping it 100. That's and it's still my stance. We played Dallas. Your job is to go get that rebound. Jaden's job is to go out there and try to guard Luca, and I'm guarding Kyrie. That's what it was last year. So my 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 stance hasn't changed, but I totally understand what Rudy's saying. I understand the importance of a big in, in the defensive. You have to have a good big defensively to win, or someone who can do a switch and guard and contest the rim. I, I totally understand what Rudy's saying. He was very passionate about it, though. It was just nice to see that we're being listened. <laughs> Shout out to Rudy. Uh, Rudy that's Rudy all I got there. for you this week. It's a weird time right now in sports. There's not a lot going on in, in, you know, in the basketball world. So uh, during these times, we'll kind of tap into some history, really just talk about the game in, in, in general. Uh, but things will pick up in these coming weeks, man. This is a uh, training camp starting for some teams Friday, some Monday. So we are right around the corner from all the action. And uh, we got a big year ahead of us, man. This is going to be a much, much bigger and better year than we even had last year. So for all the listeners who started from us from the, the beginning or new listeners, you have a lot to be excited about. Uh, appreciate it, man. Excited I'm for excited next week. to come on and talk about some games. So it'll be nice. It'll be nice to be able to like watch games the night before. I mean, like, did and you be able to see talk. that? Yeah, or did yeah. you see that? Play? I miss it. Yeah, I miss that, it. Yeah. Last year it was really nice, like watch games and be able to talk about it. Uh, so it's good though. We had a great summer. This was a. This is officially kind of like the last summer episode without right. basketball starting or preseason at least. So uh, we we we've done well, man. We appreciate you guys hanging hanging with us. Yeah, yeah, no, for times. sure. It's been tough. It's been tough, man, yeah. to have these on a weekly basis without any basketball going on. You have to kind of find things to talk about, but we have. Um, yeah. There's been plenty of drama. The NBA doesn't dis- disappoint. Uh, it's a soap opera, nonetheless. For sure. But uh, we got the real stuff coming, you know, in coming weeks. So I'm excited. All right, y'all. Y'all be safe. <laughs>